Welcome to AZ TechCast, sponsored by the Arizona Technology Council, with your hosts, Steve Zylstra and Karen Nowitz. AZ TechCast is dedicated to covering innovation and technology in Arizona and beyond. Broadcasted monthly, AZ TechCast invites leading experts to have real conversations about what is happening in the tech sector across the state of Arizona. From regional news to innovative startups, companies, and emerging technologies, AZ TechCast covers the critical issues and economic trends propelling the state's growing tech ecosystem. From SEO to paid media to website design, refining your company's digital marketing strategy can be overwhelming. But if created intentionally, it can be a critical step towards meeting key business goals. I'm Karen Nowicki, president and owner of Phoenix Business Radio X, and I'd like to welcome you to AZ TechCast, sponsored by Arizona Technology Council. AZ TechCast is dedicated to covering innovation and technology in Arizona and beyond. Broadcasted monthly, AZ TechCast invites tech and business experts to have real conversations about what's happening across the state of Arizona. AZ TechCast discusses the critical issues, topics, and trends propelling the state's growing tech ecosystem. Please join me in giving a warm welcome to today's features guest. We have Sim- excuse me, Simon Golding, Senior Digital Marketing Consultant at Intero Digital. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Happy to have you. Rihanna Lawrence, Content Marketing Manager at Trimble SketchUp. Hello, Rihanna. Hey. And Andrew Smart, Co-Founder and Commercial Director at Slater. Hello. Okay. Oh, too. Sorry, my alarm's going off. That was, me I should that was, be here. That was all, yeah. You're here. <laughs> well, you're here, so I love all it. Good. Well, yeah, right. Well done. It was almost on cue. And Andrew, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, we should have those little bells, like a like a game show. Thanks for <laughs> thanks. That's right. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then we also have Bianca Baliga, who is the director of marketing and communications at the council, and she is often a co-host with me when Steve is not able to be here. Welcome, Bianca. Thank you so much, Karen. Excited to be here with you. Yes, we love we love Steve, but we also love when you and I get to, to play on this uh, podcast together as well. So we are going to shed some light on up-and-coming digital marketing solutions that can give your company a competitive edge. We have a lot of interesting ground to cover, so we're going to dive right in. And we always like to start by simply having each of you introduce yourselves, the role that you play in your organization, and then how that fits into the Arizona technology ecosystem. So, Simon, I'm going to ask if you could start us off, and then we're just going to let you all pop up and join into the conversation. Round Robin, love it. Thank you. So, Simon Golding from, from this corner, my title is Senior Digital Marketing Consultant I'm here at Intero Digital. So, we're a comprehensive digital marketing agency. If it relates to digital, we're in that space. My job role is to consult with clients uh, to help put together a plan that's going to get them the objective they're looking for within the timeline and budget that they have to play with. So we're, we're a lot of hats on uh, this side of the fence. It's a really exciting job to talk to a lot of different businesses, a lot of different sectors. But that's a, a little bit about my uh, my corner of this crazy world. I can jump in here. My name is Rihanna Lawrence. I'm Content Marketing Manager at Tremble SketchUp. I oversee content strategy and content creation as part of SketchUp's marketing team. For those of you who don't know what SketchUp is, it's a design software company. Um, Our goal is to provide uh, faster and easier design tools for architects, engineers, and construction professionals so they can fulfill their dreams uh, designing and building. My name is Andrew Smart. I'm a co-founding commercial director at Slater. We are a business media company focusing on the global language services industry, which means we provide news, 
research, analysis and information, advisory services, events, all to support the global language industry. This is primarily vendors who provide uh, language services such as translation, localization, interpretation, and the corporate buyers of those services, which can be across literally every industry and every part of the world. Uh, and so how does it relate to, say, Arizona? I think the fact that technology enables you to work remotely, you could either work for a company from Arizona or you could be headquartered in Arizona and you can reach out to the world and through uh, different tools and technologies and support, you can do digital marketing or you could put your content out there and literally reach anyone anywhere in the world. Excellent. Thank you for those great introductions. I'm looking forward to hearing more. And we want to make sure that Bianca has a chance to kind of represent for the AZ Tech Council as well. I'll do my best. Terrific. Good. Hi, everybody. Bianca Buliga, Arizona Technology Council. Uh, the council is the state's premier trade association for science and technology companies. We have over 750 member companies that represent just about every tech sector you can imagine from optics and photonics to aerospace and defense. I like to tell people that we're a mile wide and an inch deep. We like to really cover every corner of technology to the best of our ability. We host about 100 plus events every single year. We stay really busy in that regard. Um, our second pillar of change is focused on public policy advocacy. So we like to advocate for a pro-tech and pro-growth environment at the local, state, and federal levels. And then finally, we offer a really robust suite of resources, especially for small and mid-sized businesses, to be able to expand their impact without taking on additional administrative burdens. So um, I'll keep it short and sweet. I did want to quickly note to Karen that Intero Digital is a valued member of ours. And they are also a sponsor, a platinum level sponsor. So we're excited to shine a light on what they do and also some of the impact that they've had on businesses like Trimble SketchUp and like Slater so that they can expand their impact even more. So great. Well, let's dive right in. I can't imagine, but maybe so, that there's someone out there listening or watching on LinkedIn that doesn't know what digital marketing is. But let's start from the very beginning. I think that's why I co-host because I am kind of have a beginner's mind and was a third grade teacher for years. So a lot of times these topics are well over my head. Digital marketing, let's define it and let's talk about how it has evolved the past couple of decades because it certainly has. So again, we're just going to let you all jump in and find our way through a great definition and springboard for our other topics. Love that. Yeah, I'll jump in there first. I feel like it is such a broad um, kind of label naturally and, and sort of should stay broad in, in a sense. Um, but any leveraging of digital communications for um, kind of an intentional outcome was the definition I kept coming back to because there's so many different technologies that bring you into the fold of digital. And there's so many different objectives, so many different goals that we might be deploying those technologies for. Um, so any kind of intentional use, any strategically intentional use uh, of digital communications was the uh, the definition I landed on. And we've got, we've got a couple of smiling faces in the room. What do, you, what do you guys think? What did I miss, Rihanna? Oh, I think you covered it all. I would just say when we're looking at digital marketing, we kind of, we look at different things. We look at the user intent, our business goals and product goals, and we mash all of those together. And then that's the output that we create. I also wanted to mention, we can jump in a little bit into the evolution of it, because I think you covered the definition pretty darn well. 
I think that what we've noticed as we move to digital marketing is just, you know, that instant communication is readily available. We can interact with our customers more. We can reach a right, wider audience. We can track our interactions better with the analytics that we have. We've also noticed an increased competition in the digital space. So that's also kept us on our toes. We have to constantly evolve along with digital marketing. We've noticed that attention spans are significantly decreasing. So, you know, in terms of evolution, we've gone from that one minute video to that 16 second video. Um, all of these things are just trends and ideas and, and stuff that we have to really keep in mind as we look at and define digital marketing moving forward. If I could just add one more to that, I think um, one great thing about technology is it's actually an enabler that can bring down the cost of, of doing certain types of businesses or the barriers of entry. And so it really actually starts to open up new markets for what you do. So, you know, when there was old fashioned print publishing or, you know, billboards and television, it was very expensive. And, you know, you have a lot more options, a lot more tools, and you can be much more targeted in what you do. And I think that's where it gets very interested, as you touched on earlier with the analytics. Now, I think there are still a lot of people out there who, when they think about marketing, they think about those printed brochures that are stuck in their, you know, screen doors or the things that they receive in the mail. And I think there are certain industries that still require that traditional physical marketing but what do you all think? It, has digital marketing completely replaced traditional marketing? Or is there still a time and place where traditional marketing may still be relevant? If you don't mind, um, I'm sure people aren't thinking about in-person events. But in the corporate setting, conferences are extremely important as perhaps the highest value-added touch point for two people to get together and have a long, in-depth conversation. Uh, so I would say that real world uh, experience is, is not going to be replaced by, by digital. We went through the pandemic. We ran a lot of online conferences. The content was good, some networking, but it certainly doesn't replace the in-person experience. Andrew, so, I 100% agree with you there. I mean, we uh, do a lot of digital marketing, but we still, I'm so glad we're out of the pandemic now. And we've, <laughs> we've been able to host our in-person events. Um, we have a event that we host every other year called Fruity Basecamp. And we've had such a response from our community. Um, it just helps build empathy and connection with our customers in a way that you can't really in a digital setting. I think that the idea now is it's not just physical, it's not just digital, but it's combining the different methods together, especially when you look at um, DI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. There's some groups that, you know, maybe because of an aging population or they're underserved, they don't have access to the internet or, you know, vice versa. There's some people who are online a lot and, and can't get out somewhere. So, um, you know, it's really important, not only from a business standpoint, but from an uh, inclusion standpoint to have multiple methods of marketing working together. Yeah, really love that. And from a digital agency perspective, it's it's very clear that um, you know, briefs are more likely to succeed when they're deploying more than one channel. Um, you know, if you're trying to be successful through any one uh, avenue, it can be very difficult to, to get to success. And so connecting that back to the, the topic question, you know, companies that are really investing across channels and, and have a decent brand identity out there um, in the public eye through traditional marketing, 
uh, that gives us something as a digital agency to leverage and connect with and um, kind of link into. So I strongly agree with, with both Rihanna and Andrew there that it definitely is still an important part, particularly for some sectors, um, and that you're going to, whoever you are, have a, a better outcome if you're combining the strengths of multiple channels rather than just focusing on one. Right. What would you say the most in-demand digital marketing services are right now in today's world? Yeah, that's such a tricky one. Let me let me say, share some thoughts with services, and then I'll pivot the question to channels. Because um, I think in terms of service lines, it's definitely still true that all the paid media channels um, are arguably the most in-demand. That is to say to the uninitiated in the room, um, you know, paid advertising, say on social media, rather than organic unpaid posting. And same for search, um, paid search advertising rather than uh, unsponsored, you know, kind of organic rankings. It's all absolutely important. But when I'm asked about demand, I'd say the paid channels are the most demand because everybody wants things the fastest, they want results yesterday. And paid media channels simply, you know, move move quicker. So that there's there's that comment. I think the more interesting um, sort of division is about channels in the sense that, you know, so Google um, has been around for a long time and is still absolutely dominant in the sector. But my oh my, TikTok and Amazon have rapidly, you know, taken over certain information segments. And I'd say that those two networks or channels, Amazon and TikTok, probably the two that we're hearing the most about at the moment, because with a new marketplace or a new landscape, is potential to be the guy who got to the top of the hill first for whatever your given business industry might be. So we're seeing a lot of really interesting exploration with TikTok specifically um, about how that can fit into the marketing plan um, of a, a mature business. Yes, yeah, so I love that question. I think paid services are the, the most uh, popular. I think that TikTok and Amazon are the 2,000-pound gorillas in, in that particular room at the moment. As you toss it off to somebody else to chime in, I'm I'm surprised to hear you say Amazon. They <laughs> they offer marketing services. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Um, not that they offer services per se, but if you're selling a product, uh, oh. employing an agency like us to to of make course. sure you're showing up. But Amazon specifically, one of my favorite stats to throw out there. So if you look at 2022, um, the obvious stat is that most e-com transactions checked out on Amazon. About 75%. That's ridiculous. It's a huge, wow. huge majority. But what's more interesting is that around about 63% of product search started on Amazon. And so historically, where you saw people Google a product and then circle to Amazon to check out, people are now starting their discovery journey on Amazon. So it's definitely growing rapidly in that sort of uh, discovery capacity. If I can uh, just touch on, I mean, I'm going to have to frame a lot of my answers from the B2B, uh, the business to business uh, background that we work from. But um, email is particularly important. And having a well curated and developed database that you can go to uh, for different types of messaging, we find email uh, particularly useful, not just for promoting our own products, uh, you know, through our newsletters, but, but also we provide advertising services for others to do so. The other thing that I would circle back on is video, both in the front end promotion of certain things, uh, conferences and events or research that we do, and, and also on the back end. So, you know, we, we would do a webinar like this or, or, or a workshop or a conference. And then, of course, we'd slice and dice uh, portions out for consumption later and put it across social media and other places. 
So these two things, you know, video, video, I think is increasingly important, incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, I agree too. I mean, one of the things that uh, we appreciate about intro digital and what they do for us is they like to keep us, I'm sure you too, they keep us kind of abreast of, of, of what the latest trends are. Um, and, and video has really risen to the forefront just because of what I mentioned before with those shorter attention spans and video is just a lot more attention grabbing. Yeah. Um, and maybe Simon, you can give us a couple, you know, examples of these in practice, but I would say that. And then there's also a lot of services that you don't really think about. I mean, you mentioned TikTok and social media is one of those that people still sometimes think of as, you know, just a social tool, but it's so much more. And if companies are actively in that space, they can have a huge influence. Well, I'd be curious to hear everyone's take on influencer marketing. That's probably one of those things where people might be curious to learn how it works or to tap into their networks to experiment with it. But um, has there been a big rise in interest in in experimenting with influencer marketing? Yeah, I love that question. Ebbs and flows, to be be frank. Um, I've seen a few waves of of interest with influencer. And I think... it's pretty deeply connected to TikTok as, as an example. There's definitely an appetite from a lot of business owners to experiment with and play with some of these new technologies that are a little scary to them and they're not sure um, how, it, how it can fit into their marketing, particularly with the, you know, the points you just heard from Rihanna and Andrew of um, kind of knowing when to use which tool. You know, if I'm a business-to-business uh, agency and I'm curious about influencer and TikTok and video, Trying to figure out how to sensibly um, leverage those kinds of tools in a way that that aligns with my audience um, is, a, is definitely a big one. So one of the kind of the added answers that, that was coming through my mind as we're just chatting through services is consultancy and strategy. Um, and it's so easy to accidentally brush past that. But you know, truth be told, I guess that's probably the most in-demand service is people coming to us and saying, we have 35,000 options here. How do I build a sensible strategy that pieces those together? And and what are you seeing other people do for, for my industry? And so I think influence is a great example of, of people wanting to play with, with those new tools. It's also um, a very authentic medium in some senses, and it leans into, um, you know, we're kind of watching this shift of consumer behaviour towards demanding transparency and being very mindful of privacy and all these sorts of, of uh, issues. Influencer marketing uh, is, is kind of the, the market's desire to hear from our peers rather than just brands. And so you've seen that shift in, in paradigm to where those communications will come from uh, kind of evolve in front of us, which is really cool to watch. I, I also think in a business context, again, you know the alternative to a, or the the uh, the business context of an influencer is a thought leader, somebody who's an expert in an in an area, and they they would put content out. And in an advertising context, actually, uh, people who publish sponsored articles on our website get much deeper and longer engagement of about four minutes on that article compared to press releases, which are about three minutes, and a regular news story about two minutes. So if you, even though it's advertising, if you actually put something of real value out there, you know something that people are genuinely interested in, then then you actually get engagement and and people take that and they file it away and then go through the decision making process and then they come out the other side at some point and they they reach out to you. 
in a sense, I feel like expertise is part of the formula with influencer marketing. And the other part of the formula yeah. is the following, right? Yes. You know, you, you've got folks on TikTok all the time who may or may not be experts in any given topic, but they have that killer following. And that's what a lot of these brands are trying to get in front of folks, especially folks of younger generations. Um, Simon, I know you started to speak to this a little bit earlier, um, and I'm going to frame this question in two ways to be applicable to everybody. So, Simon, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see companies needing support with, and how can digital marketing agencies help? And then Rihanna and Andrew, maybe what were some of the challenges that you were facing internally that propelled you to seek help from a digital marketing agency? Yeah, love that question. I, I think the the top line answer I'm going to um, kind of provide there in terms of where where we find companies primarily needing the support uh, is definitely back on that strategy point and and consultative direction. You know, there's just so many options that we have, and I think a, probably a solid two thirds of inquiries that we receive that we end up moving forward with the service line they ended up engaging were distinctly different from what they were asking for when they knocked on the front door. And the gap between those two is where a lot of the magic happens in, in you know, kind of getting into the meat and potatoes of dear business owner. You know, what is it that led you to reach out? What's the why behind the why? And, and how can we really translate that into you know, actionable marketing objectives um, that are going to get you where you want to go? So it's a, that's, that's definitely a top line um, answer there. And then you know, kind of connected to that, I think the second probably most common request that the people are coming for is definitely demand generation. Um, vis-a-vis the, the comments Triana was adding earlier about this uh, industry evolving, attention spans are dropping as the velocity of communication increases. So as messaging gets more dense and loud, people tend to withdraw and hear less. Um, and so it's, it's very difficult to, to kind of cut through effectively in this rapidly evolving time to be alive, staying relevant and effective with, with messaging and comms. Is definitely that through line. I'd love to hear, and Andrew, if you've got any thoughts there, mate, um, in terms of where, because I know you also hear from a lot of different companies um, in terms of where their challenges are being uh, met. Does that align with your own, with what you're hearing out there in the in the trenches? It, it, it does because, um, you know, when we look at our universe of companies, uh, most of them are, are small and medium-sized companies with revenue of less than $5 million. Half the audience is, is, is a small company. And so they have the same challenges of every small company, which is how to be an expert on everything, including marketing. How do I find the resources? How do I get my head across this? How do I become an expert? And that's why you really should go and talk to somebody who knows what they're doing and has seen it across a thousand different real world situations. And that's what you're going to them for, to have them help shape your thinking on your own business. There's a lot of invaluable consultancy there. And then, you know, maybe lay out a game plan for you and what might be right. And uh, it will save you a huge amount of time, a huge amount of energy. And you can measure things so much more effectively these days in digital that you'll start to see real metrics. It might take a little time to get things going with the SEO or other things, but it, but you can see the needle start to move. Yeah, Andrew, I agree with that. Having that expertise of somebody who can really dive into something is great. And even if you have experts on your team, um, that objective opinion of a third party coming in um, is so, so valuable because we are clouded by our own preconceived notions. 
I also think any big business shift when you're talking about small companies, if they've had a lot of growth, for example, when we shifted from license to subscription, we needed to completely update our digital advertising strategy. And, um, you know, that's the time when we uh, bring in uh, those third parties to, you know, focus on our advertising platforms, really give them a deep dive. Are there any that we don't need to be on? Are there any that we need to um, improve upon? And how do how can we scale as we grow? On the topic of influencer, we've had a handful of people come through the studio. And one of the things I love so much is when we have our clients like AZ Tech Council come and be part of what we're doing on a monthly or weekly basis. The conversation around being proven over popular is really important, right? And I, there's a thread that each of you are discussing. If someone's going to land out there as an influencer, you've got to have the chops underneath that. You've got to be able to prove that are worth your weight in gold. And thank goodness for professionals like you to help bring that mission and purpose up and bubbling up instead of just a talking head that really, you know, if somebody goes to purchase their services or their goods and, and find that, that that company, large or small enterprise or small business, if there's not uh, anything that backs it, uh, I think that ends up uh, creating some problems when where digital media is concerned. Yeah. And Karen, I would add being authentic over being popular from an influencer standpoint, because, you know, it doesn't, if you have an influencer who is hugely popular, but they don't reach your audience, that they don't connect, uh, that what they're selling starts to feel salesy, then you've lost, you've lost them, you know? Yeah. So I I agree with all of that. It's so important to choose your influencers carefully because otherwise you're, you're wasting your time. Yeah. And I think something influence is such an interesting service compared to a lot of the other things in, in digital marketing. And one of the ways it's very unique um, is that a successful influencer marketing collaboration is exactly that, a collaboration mm-hmm. with the influencer because they are the expert for their audience and their brand and, mm-hmm. and what they're going to be effective representing and what they aren't. And that's very different to to other service lines. And so we'll often have clients that are interested in exploring influencer marketing that we will counsel not to because they're trying to use it like a paid search campaign or a paid social campaign and saying, oh, well, I would like them to fit in this box. Um, and that's just not a, a wise way to uh, approach it. And that's a, a really big shift, you know. And I think it's also really interesting that you you can't really effectively commission influencers to, to, to say the thing you want them to say. Not really. You can commission them to say something and hope that your product speaks for itself. But again, that's just, that is a different landscape compared to what a lot of, yeah, Mm -hmm. a lot of business owners are used to. They're going to deliver it in their own way. (laughs) Exactly. And I think the last last, um, really cool nuance with influence that I quite like, quite enjoying watching, um, is the value of the content they create is as valuable as them sharing it. And that was not obvious in the early days of influence, Fury Wine, so 10 years. The value of the video they might create for you, dear business owner, being able to take that video and repurpose it for, say, paid advertising um, is tremendously valuable. And influencers themselves are kind of catching up to understanding this, um, which is a good thing. And it's great to see them demanding their worth and, and really coming along as a mature service in the digital marketing spread rather than just being perceived as a, a shiny toy um, of a, a new service. It's really awesome to see that service line you know, find its stride in some sense. And I've noticed too that consumers have gotten 
exceptionally good at detecting authenticity. Yes. Right. And they, I think they really yearn that and that genuine connection. So that's something yeah. to keep in mind as well. And I wanted to, as we were talking a little bit about the challenges that companies might face or the real life use cases of companies turning to digital marketing agencies for support with some business challenges. I wanted to to share the story of the council. Um, The council has been around for 20 years. Um, We have done an exceptional job of helping to shape Arizona's tech ecosystem, but also bring together the leaders and leading companies within the tech ecosystem to have a say in where the industry goes from here. But I know that in the last couple of years, the work that we've been able to do has really been amplified by the SEO services that Intero Digital provides. Um, We actually just did a huge website redesign with another partner who worked really closely hand in hand with Intero Digital to make sure that each new page we were putting on the website was being found, that um, the keywords were being optimized, that everything that we were kind of reorganizing on the back end was easy to navigate. So as a one-person marketing team have really relied heavily on Deming, who is part of um, the Intero Digital team, to point us in the right direction in terms of what keywords to be focusing on and what keywords we should be building content around to bring people to our site. So even us as a trade association that has a pretty small but mighty team has benefited from this. I can't even imagine how larger teams have been able to benefit from services like these. Yeah. Yeah. And digital, I mean, whatever else it is, it's an infinite rabbit hole that's constantly changing. You know, you you start to get used to the rules and discover they changed five minutes ago. Um, So, and and I think that that spirit of collaboration that you're touching on, Bianca, um, I think is so pivotal in this industry, leveraging experts and letting them take the reins for their piece of the puzzle and collaborating effectively. It's just critical. And great little shout out for Deming. She is fantastic. If you're listening to Deming out there somewhere. <laughs> She's I just want to add, though, uh, another important thing just before we go uh, get, move on to the next topic is we did a, a, a workshop with uh, Intero and Simon actually went through a major Google search update that came out, I think, maybe about two years ago. And it was a massive shift that impacted a lot of people's websites in our industry. Uh, and so, you know, laying all that out and telling people what they will need to look at and what they will need to do was incredibly important for helping them, you know, try to retain traffic uh, and, and maintain that marketing visibility and, and engagement. hundred percent. Yeah. This is a great conversation so far, I can tell, because Bianca's smiling ear to ear. So we always know we're doing well when <laughs> Bianca's like, yay, we're, we're hitting all the high notes. So let's talk about some specific use case studies of companies that have turned digital marketing agencies for help with achieving business objectives and the solutions that they're looking for. What what are some specifics that you can share? Yeah, there's tons to touch on, um, and it's always tricky to know what what people are going to find the most interesting with with case studies. What I thought I'd I'd highlight in our conversation today comes from uh, a car dealer, an auto dealer that we work with here in Colorado, uh, quite a large one. I'm sure you'd know the brand. And when COVID rolled around, as many companies did, they needed to shut their physical footprint for the uninitiated in the the audience. And the buying cycle of cars going into the showroom is a key touch point that a a lot of the trust building happens, a lot of the feature discussions happen, a lot of the really major opportunities to to 
uh, earn that sale happen in the showroom. And so when the showroom shuts down, that's uh, Our stream. quite a tough spot to be in for the, uh, the management of that dealership. And so they were left scrambling, trying to figure out how to stay alive and how to stay relevant through that transition. The, the product that they um, sort of developed and then came to us saying, hey, how can we get this out there? Uh, was basically to start doing a lot of what you find in the showroom at the customer's house. So the salesperson would literally drive the vehicle out and consult with them there and, and have a, a, a decent length conversation on, uh, on property at the residence uh, location. And then the, the game then is, well, how do we get that out there and how do we leverage this, this offering from the market? Um, and so we worked with them to do a, a day of filming there on location. Speaking of video, I'm touching back to the last conversation. Video is so important because it's the most powerful storytelling medium and stories are everything when it comes to, to marketing. So we put together some really nice shiny assets that, that told the story of you know, why they built that product and what they were doing to disinfect cars before taking them out. It's kind of addressing some of the anxiety around the COVID pandemic while also providing a, an effective functional product. And then you, we used paid social and paid search which gives us access to a whole lot of fancy targeting tricks to deliver that video very directly to the, the person um, who might be in market for a vehicle um, and, and would be someone who might otherwise have gone to that showroom. And that one-two punch of you know, really strong video creative delivered via paid search and paid social um, was tremendously effective, uh, not just during the pandemic, but it was such a popular offering, they never actually got around to switching it off again. Um, because it's become such a popular choice um, from buyers. And so you've just got a little microcosm there of, of problem, you know, product-based solution, and then a uh, communications challenge for how to get that solution out to market. Um, and digital was just, you know, by a large margin, the most effective delivery of that uh, of that messaging. So I thought that would be a, a good one to share there, mm -hmm. um, if, that, if, you know, if that makes sense to everybody in the room. <laughs> Andrew, Rihanna, I know you've already touched on your own use cases. Anything else you'd want to add for that one? No, I think Simon did a great job covering it. <laughs> All right. This is a great conversation so far, I can tell, because Bianca's smiling ear to ear. So we always know we're doing well when Bianca's like, yay, we're, we're hitting all the high notes. Uh, we're going to break for a uh, word from our sponsor here for just a moment, and we'll come back with our next uh, set of questions and topics. We want to make sure that we have an opportunity to thank Arizona Commerce Authority, who is AZ TechCast 2023 Innovation Sponsor. The Arizona Commerce Authority is the state's leading economic development organization with a streamlined mission to grow and strengthen Arizona's economy. Let's hear from them now. Our streamlined pro-business approach helps you achieve more by putting less between you and future success. Less red tape, lower taxes, less distance separating you from the tech leaders of tomorrow. This innovative ecosystem will supply your business with tools and resources to compete in the 21st century and beyond. But your future is more than just business success. In Arizona, the lifestyle you want is at your fingertips. Explore cities known for their Southwest heritage and modern vision. Enjoy beautiful scenery and endless outdoor activities on land, water, or snow. And if you're looking for a little friendly competition, we've got plenty of teams to choose from. With constant sunshine, vibrant culture, and natural wonder, Arizona provides a style of living that's entirely unique. People from all over the world call our state home, 
From student leaders who fill the classrooms of our top-ranked universities to a skilled and abundant workforce that's ready for what's next. To the neighbors, friends, and peers we interact with daily, Arizonans are united by a pioneering spirit that moves us forward. So as you look to the future, know that it's filled with the perfect balance of innovation and high-quality living that makes life better here. Am I right? Is that not just a fantastic uh, tribute to Arizona? That's a good clip. I'm, I'm glad it worked for us the second time around there. Yes. <laughs> Almost a little too much sunshine this summer. It's been right. a brutal, brutal summer, but here we go. <laughs> All right. So we've been talking about uh, deploying different digital marketing strategies and working collaboratively with agencies. As you collaborate with agencies, what are the most useful metrics to track when deploying a new digital marketing tactic. So Simon, that could be something high level that you kind of track on all your all of your various campaigns. Um, Rihanna, Andrew, maybe something specific that you were keeping an eye on as you've been working with Intero Digital. Yeah. I really love this question. Metrics are so important in our industry. You know, there's everything's measured 35 different ways. Um, but knowing which metric to focus on is just as important and can be a real you know, large dilemma. Um, I, I'd say that the true north star businesses should be looking to uh, in order to dictate which metrics they're tracking is about the business goals that led you to engage digital in the first place. What was the why behind the why? And that will, will have a downstream consequence for what you should be tracking because just to use a, a quick passing example, um, you know, maybe you're already spending some money in, in paid ads in Google. And the reason you reached out to an agency is because you're not too sure what you're doing and you want to get a better return on that spend. Then the metric of ROAS, return on ad spend, is by definition the metrics that led you to reach out to us. And so that's a really good one to focus on. If we go to the next person down the road, the goal that they present with is, hey, we've got a new product in the market that no one's seen before and I really want to get this out there. ROAS is a terrible measure because nobody knows what this thing is reach and educating the market is really the business goal that led you to reach out to us in the first place, in which case things like reach and engagement of the ads we, we push out and then what that's looking like is, is going to become the metric. I realize it's a little bit of a slippery get out of jail free card answer because it's, it depends as you so often hear in my industry. One of the true North Star metrics I give that's relatively all cases is cost per action uh, or cost per acquisition because the action or acquisition will change depending on what your goals are and who you are and what you're up to. But cost per action is almost always going to be a metric um, that we're looking at. But yeah, the, the answer I'd focus on is let your business goals, the why behind the why, let that dictate which metrics are important to you. Last note, and I promise I'll pass the mic, would be leverage your experts. You know, if you're hiring an agency, ask them what uh, what metrics you should be focusing on and, and let them help you counsel through the gap between the business objective and the, the, the digital marketing metric that's of interest. Simon, I agree with you there. <laughs> a metric can be totally useless if you're looking at something and it doesn't pertain to it. You know, you have to look at the entire user journey. So top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, where are they? For example, if you have a paid ad campaign that's an awareness campaign and let's say it's driving to uh, a blog, 
and you're getting a ton of click-throughs on that ad. That's great. But then when they go to the blog, they're not following through, you know, to your purchase mm-hmm. or they're not the scroll depth is really, really low. Then you know that you're not yeah. directing them to the next step in the appropriate way. Maybe they need something else to carry them through the user journey. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, as a media company, we create a lot of our own content, but really, um, first and foremost, uh, it has to be SEO friendly. What are our keywords, first of all, relevant to our audience and our business? How are people finding us? Are we ranking high enough so that they come through our organic or paid search? Then they land on the page and we have a freemium model. So will they sign up for our newsletter? Is that the action? Or are they looking for something specific? And we have put our own, you know, people may think banners, ads are dead or not. Uh, we, we have our own ads within our own website that then, you know, have calls to action and conversion. So we look at conversion, just like uh, Simon said, and all of this has a, a cost of acquisition and it's got a funnel model like Rihanna touched on. So, you know, it's, it's incredibly important to think about that whole journey that she, she mentioned. And, and then each step of the way, you don't want to lose people but you can at each step of the way. So you got to be very, yeah. very careful to kind of make the whole thing work. It's a, it's a very delicate, complex thing you have to put together and, and keep working. As I said, Google can change the algorithm, you know, any day they want. Yeah, and I think something else that's really important that Andrew's kind of highlighting there is any, there's no one metric that tells you everything you need to know. And so beware the tyranny of getting too focused on one metric. Um, and something we run into a lot in our industry is the problem of vanity metrics. Because if you, dear client, tell me all you care about is having XYZ number of visitors to the website, um, it can be tempting to chase traffic that was never going to lead to sales in order to hit mm. that metric you were asking for. And this is the, the, the tyranny of, of vanity metrics. And so, you know, as Andrew was just stating there, keeping an eye on qualitative metrics in tandem to quantitative metrics is just vital. And it's, um, it's a mistake and an easy one to make to find one metric that you like that just feels comfortable and then just lock onto that, which is an easy mistake to make, but it's not, uh, not a good way to go. Absolutely. And I think marketing can feel like a black hole sometimes if you're not working within metrics. I think there are folks who you almost have to prove that marketing is worth it sometimes to certain folks and, and being able to keep an eye on those metrics just helps you go to people at your company who are in leadership positions to show that things are working or that a different route is needed. I want to kind of combine the next two questions that we talked about. So what role does technology play in improving your digital marketing strategy? But are there specific tools or software that can really be used to um, dial into that technology and to give you that competitive edge when marketing? Yeah. Technology is so critical in this industry. I mean, I, I think it is in every industry, but particularly in this one, we are beholden to the tools that we have access to. Um, I've been in this this uh, industry far too long now, and it's it's very telling behind the curtain of an agency what tools they're using because that will dictate what they're able to to get into. You know, I'm I'm very privileged to have a seat at Intera Digital um, this phase of my career, in part because we have our own software solutions. Um, you know, the Interobot, something we've been developing and updating for over a decade. And it gives us the, you know, partly gives us the ability to do things other agencies maybe don't have the same capacity to do, um, like mind map visualization of the website. So visualizing a site map can be critical. 
Um, but moreover, it allows us to tailor the technology to fit our own use case. And so a good example there would be a, a quality score emulator. What the quality score of your ads are in Google Ads is critical to how the performance will end up going. Uh, historically, you need to have access to someone's ads account in order to find out the quality scores. We built a solution ourselves to, to emulate that calculation without access. Um, and that gives us the ability to look at the quality score of competitor campaigns. Um, which would otherwise not be, be possible. I mean, the, the through line of the point is that what we're able to see is dictated by technology. Um, and so having the right tech stack behind you to, to provide the metrics that you need to get what you're trying to do done is absolutely critical. Um, so, that, yeah, the technology stack's absolutely vital. Rihanna, I'd be curious to hear if, if you find that same experience internally on the Trimble side. I know you guys have got a pretty complicated ecosystem. Yes, we do. Technology is a tool, right? So it's something that you use to, to accomplish something. And so I think it's really important to vet your technology very thoroughly before you implement it and really ask, what is this tech helping me do? Is it helping me improve my metrics so I can get a better idea of where people are going? Or is it a technology that lets me test content before I put it out there so I don't have a delay in sending out an email. You know, if I'm testing the subject line, I have to send, send it to a small amount of people and then send it to the wider amount. But if I have a technology that, you know, tests my uh, keywords and tests my writing before I put it out there, it, it changes my entire strategy. Um, so, yes, I would say it's super important. I would love to know more about Interobot because I've, I've never used it. So please tell me more, but um, like, you know, like I'm, I'm constantly looking up the latest trends um, to make sure that our team is, is moving towards more interactive content. So um, that's why it's, it's always good to hear about new, new technology and tools. Yeah. I um, strongly agree. This is the, this is the short answer all, all around. Yeah. And Terabots, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I, it, it's not that it has a magic wand capability to do things other people can't do, which is a, a common misunderstanding we always want to defend against. But what it does enable us to do is just move much faster than we'd be able to do otherwise. Now, I'll give you another quick example there. Um, so it, it essentially pulls apart a website into all of the nodes of that website and then analyzes that data in some really fancy ways, depending on what we're programming it to do. And so if we, you know, for the example of the Slater websites, they have a lot of content. Um, and it might be the case that there's a given uh, service they're trying to optimize around. And so to quickly identify every mention of that service within the entire website, you can program in Terrobot to, while it's crawling, flag every mention um, of a given keyword uh, that we're specifically targeting. And so where it would typically take a small army weeks to crawl through all the content and find those mentions, um, in Terrobot allows us to complete that task, which is essentially keyword mapping. Um, extremely quickly. So, you know, I could I could uh, ramble about Interobot all day long. Um, Simon, we'll have to we'll have to chat about this. Um, uh, after the call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> incredibly, incredibly important because we're a small company on one level, but it, but we have an incredibly complex array of content on our website from just news, but of course research. And then videos and, and all, all this other stuff. So it's very complex. And so mapping that, I have to tell you, Simon, I think I'm going to speak to you after this. <laughs> 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 
I was just going to say, I love that. Thank you for all the love from Tara, but the, the dev team will be, be blushing if they listen. Yeah. Well, we had, we got to vet it first. Carefully not to And I, I'm sure we'll have viewers and listeners curious as well, especially with Rihanna and Andrew leaning in. So they'll be like, oh, if, if, it's that, if it's that important to them, we need to do the same. What advice would you give to a company that's evaluating their digital marketing strategy? Rihanna kind of, you know, teased a little bit of that in her last response, but what what advice do you have when they're looking at uh, their strategy? Yeah, love that. I think being nimble is one that comes to mind for sure, because whatever's happening today will change um, before end of day. Um, so, so being nimble is, is definitely a big one. And then leaning into collaborating with your partners. You know, I think Brianna, Andrew, and I have all that word collaboration has come up a few times. It's just vital. You know, it, it's very easy to give an agency too much leash and then they're, they're not paying attention to the nuances of your brand. It's easy to not give them enough leash and micromanage away all your billable hours. So I think collaboration and being nimble are the, the two big things that, that I would throw out there. Andrew, Rihanna, what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree with all those points, Simon. I would add that when you're evaluating your marketing strategy, um, your digital marketing strategy, you need to make sure um, that your business goals and values align. Um, making sure that in terms of collaboration, everybody is on the same page. And then it's boring, but it's important is that good old fashioned audit of your current services. Audit your digital marketing presence. Audit your RI. Audit your current messaging. How does it align with your business goals? And then in also, you know, where are the gaps in your current strategy and where are your strengths? Um, and then measuring that against your goals will give you a path forward um, that you can take. Um, so, so you're not just blindly reaching in the dark for ways to improve. Love that. And any advice in, in this, this similar sort of context on what companies should consider when selecting a digital marketing agency to work with? That can be such a big decision. And you want to make sure it's a, a culture fit, obviously, and that you enjoy working with the team. But I guess, Rihanna and Andrew, was there anything that really pushed you over the edge with Intero Digital and was like, this is definitely the team you want to work with? Or, you know, were there red flags with others that you notice that you might want to warn other people about? Well, I think responsiveness and attentiveness are, are, are incredibly important when you have a, a, an account manager or somebody working with your team, that point of contact, because no matter what else is going on in the world, you're worried about your own business and that's the most important thing to you, right? So when you need help or you need advice or you have to get some answers for your boss or whatever you need to do, you, you know, you really need that help. The second thing is, um, to, 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 to listen to them and see if what they're actually offering you is in your best interest or if they're just trying to upsell you on things. A good test of that is often when they give you advice that doesn't benefit them monetarily. Uh, and one example would be, you know, we were looking for a new web developer and Simon put us in touch with a great guy. You know, there's no money for Intero in that, but it, it was a huge help to us. And, uh, you know, just having that network as well. So, you know, having someone who also knows the industry more broadly and who to point you to if you need additional help is also incredibly invaluable. That runs along the theme of collaboration, right? Continuing to uh, be of good service and value to each other, even if there's no financial gain. Uh, it just means we're looking out for each other. Communication is key. I, clear, I clearly hear that in everything that you're speaking on these last couple topics we've been talking about. 
if we don't have communication between the company that we are representing and even guiding them as to what questions and what metrics they ought to be looking at, then there's a disconnect. Mm. Yeah. We only have a couple more minutes left. I think we have enough time for one last question. Bianca, do you want to tee us off for that one? Absolutely. So another common theme I've been hearing in this conversation is that things are changing quickly in the world of digital marketing. I even heard Simon say in a day. Did I hear that, Simon? (laughs) By the end of the day, it'll change. (laughs) It's actually changed since you asked me that last. Things will come and go. It's so hard to to stay up to speed with up to speed with everything that's going on. What are your predictions? What does the next decade maybe have in store for digital marketing? And are there interesting trends that we should keep an eye on within marketing? What a what a meaty question. Love that. Well, I, I think I'm going to call out the, the the big obvious answer. I think we're all thinking, which is definitely AI. Right. Um, yeah, that's going to be a a huge game changer everywhere. And I I think. It's easy to overstate for the record. It's easy to understate. It's easy to overstate. It will change the way that we engage almost everything in technology. It won't change the need for human guidance and insight and strategy. Um, and so, I mean, we had a, Andrew and I had a wonderful presentation on this topic a little while back, specific to his industry. And lean in cautiously is the quote I kept coming back to. You know, would be a fool to, to think. You know, head in the sand's the way to go, but also the world—the world's not quite as on fire as it might sound, based on on AI. And I think what you'll see happen is the availability of creative, of strategy, of assets, of everything will go through the roof, and I think the need for quality over quantity will increase. Mm. There'll be more noise, so the importance of finding the signal will go up higher. We look at a lot of products coming onto the market, particularly in the multilingual space. And I just, I'll be very quick because I know we're seeing AI being introduced into video solutions where you can actually change the ethnicity, the look of someone, the language on the fly. So in terms of corporate marketing and creating your own videos or working with a professional service agency, also speech to speech translation is getting faster in, in, in business meetings and things like that. And content creation, you know, most people think about the commonalities of chat GPT throwing something out there, but you can actually now use tools. There are tools that are using machine translation and allowing you to change the context, the semantics, formal, less formal, all on the fly, producing things very, very quickly. It's still in the early early stages of this, but it's a very exciting time. Yeah, Andrew, I agree. I mean, AI is the big topic. I I think it's a good for research. We haven't got to the point yet where... um, this is good for producing and implementing, but we'll see. One of the things I think that will happen with AI um, and all of these technologies is the, the immersion of all different forms of communication. Uh, we'll see more immersive mm. content. So you'll have video combined with text, the metaverse, everything is going gonna, is gonna to come together so that we can really create, basically we're recreating that physical experience virtually, right? Um, right. Because now that we've moved more into the digital space, people are wanting that connection still. And, and that connection is, is what makes marketing successful. We could well, probably go, right? well I was just going <laughs> to say the same thing. That and we can have easily another hour, a long conversation uh, and hope to have you guys back for, for that opportunity. Thank you all for such a rich conversation. And I have no doubt that we brought some great nuggets to our viewers and listeners. 
Uh, today's AZ, AZ TechCast was brought to you by, again, Arizona Commerce Authority, the state's leading economic development organization with a streamlined mission to grow and strengthen Arizona's economy. So we always appreciate Arizona Commerce Authority's contribution to our podcast. If you're interested in being a podcast participant or sponsor for the council's AZ TechCast, then please contact marketing at aztechcouncil.org, and you'll find Bianca at the other end of that email so that you can learn more about the opportunities to further position yourself as a tech expert, influencer, and innovator. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki, and again, we appreciate listening to AZ TechCast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of AZ TechCast with Arizona Technology Council, featuring leading tech and business experts that help influence and shape our great state and the industries they serve.